Welcome to Project Shadow number 559, Leonard Nimoy, Journey to Mount Saleya. This may be one of the most difficult episodes of the podcast I've done since the death of Anne McCaffrey. Um, and I'm trying to keep my composure as I record this. Um... I did not know Leonard Nimoy. I never met Leonard Nimoy. But if you haven't heard already, um, Leonard Nimoy Nimoy passed away today. And it's been a long time coming. We knew he was very, very ill. knew the other day that he had been taken to the hospital with chest pains. And, you know, this day was coming. But I didn't honestly expect it to affect me as deeply as it did, though I probably should have. I really should have. You know, Leonard Nimoy has been part of my life for as long as I can remember. When I was a little kid watching Star Trek reruns, you know, Spock was a hero of mine. You know, I grew up in the 80s when the Star Trek films were just starting to get made, you know. And there was Spock. You know, I remember, you know, watching him on Vulcan, going through his Kolinar. And as somebody who had a lot of anger issues, Spock was always such a role model for me. Because anytime he let his logic slip, you saw that rage beast come out of him. And I looked at Spock as one of those role models of how to get myself under control, how to rein my own energies in, how to make my own life better. And so I I have, to this day, spent most of my life studying Stoicism and practicing a form of Stoicism to keep my passions in check. And of course, the Stoic in me, you know, I hear Epictetus in the back of my mind saying, Leonard Nimoy was an actor. Do not say, I like Leonard Nimoy. Say, I like actors. And platitudes like that really don't help. You know, it's not a personal loss. It is... A fear of absence. I think more of what it comes down to. You know, like I said, Leonard Nimoy, beyond just the character of Spock, was a wonderful photographer. And there was so much about him as a person that I respected. You know, it was, you know, watching him tell me about the great unsolved, unknown mysteries of our life and of our world, you know, and those early 
documentaries about Stonehenge and everything. He has been a big part of my life and the life of a lot of fans for a long time. And he will be greatly missed. My thoughts and prayers go out to his family. But, you know, while there is some sadness, I think it's very important for us to say that what we need to do more than anything right now is focus on his legacy. He has left us with a body of work that will live on forever. You know, his sense of humor in interviews, his strength of character as a person, his... He, he is one of those few people that can, we can honestly say was part of something that changed the world. And we should all aspire to be part of something like that. So, Leonard Nimoy, you shall be missed. My thoughts and prayers go out to your family today. And to try to get some more spirit into this episode, we're now going to switch to something completely different and try to get my hackles up so that I have something less uh, depressing to talk about. But it's still kind of depressing in a way. But And... In the way that depression can lead to anger. So, for the second time this week, I am going to be talking about something I never thought I would talk about on the show. And that's the Power Rangers. Because they're back in the news in a way that gets my hackles up. Okay, remember that fan film that I shared a couple days ago? The Power Rangers fan film that was really kind of the awesome with the Starbuck and the Beak. And... It did something to me that I had never thought possible. It made me interested in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Well, Saban has decided to take it down. Yeah, they filed a copyright claim against the video and had it deleted from YouTube and Vimeo. So if you try to follow the link and watch the video, you can't anymore. Because, yeah, no, that's not a thing. And the reason this gets me upset is, first of all, the coverage of what's going on with this. Um, over at Slash Film, which is what I linked to over in the show notes, they go around and they talk to the guy who made the film. They talk to a couple of the rangers, such as the dude who played the Green and White Ranger, you know, Jason David Frank, who really didn't like it at all. Um, the original Black Ranger, Walter Jones... He didn't like it either. Um, so, you know, and they, they all kind of said that it was because of the, you know, kids watch the show and what have you. The pink, the original Pink Ranger, Amy Jo Johnson, oh, she kind of liked it. Um, um, and she said one of the more interesting things, I think, about this whole thing. She said, and I quote, Okay, so you've all probably already seen this, but just wanted to share. Personally, I think it's kind of awesome, but don't tell Saban that. I might get sued, winky, and it's clearly not for kids. 
Yeah, I agree. And the fact that Saban does not have a sense of humor about this is, one, not surprising. It's not surprising at all. But they're currently in the works of making a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Lionsgate's doing that. It's going to be a big budget movie. I'm pretty sure it's only getting made because Pacific Rim did really well. And while I doubt that they were going to go dark and gritty like this, um, Power Rangers fan film was, this was doing them a lot of good. I'm one of those people that might have been more interested in going to see the Power Rangers movie because of this short film. It's... Uh, um, you know, I like I said on the episode where I talked about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan film, you know, I was never a fan of the Power Rangers. I had a niece who was really into the Power Rangers, so I watched quite a bit of it. I worked at um, a costume shop at the time, so I knew all about the different Power Rangers because kids would come in and just say, I want Tommy. And they would get really, really mad if you didn't know which one was Tommy. And so you would have to ask them, which Tommy do you want? Because we have the White Ranger Tommy and we have the Green Ranger Tommy. Which one do you want? And then they would look at you and they'd get all excited. And if you were really, really good, you could talk to their parents into getting them both and get a better commission on your sales. Because that was back in the day when you actually got commissioned for doing sales. Um, actually, I don't think we got commission on the Power Rangers customs at all. But um, we did on other things mainly the masks and stuff but anyway that's beside the point this was awakening within me an interest in a franchise that i had no interest in and i understand that the power rangers has predominantly been about kids though yeah that you you can't say that about something that's been around this long i mean you know, He-Man and Voltron and Robotech and Transformers. Yeah, those were originally kids' properties. But you know what? Those kids like me who grew up watching those shows grew up to be adults. And, you know, if you're going to make the most money off of these products, and so let's face it, these are not art projects. You know, the kind of work that I'm working on is an art project. I'm trying to do something that I find meaningful and hopefully I'll make some money off of it. But these, these, are, these are people that are just about money. That's all they care about. Money. And this fan film, first of all, cost you nothing. It was giving you free promotion. It was making people like me interested in finding out what was going on with the Lionsgate reboot of your franchise. And then you have to come in and be, no. 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 Nope. Nope. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Nope. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. We are not gonna let this come out. We're shutting it down. And personally, I don't like the excuse that it's for the children. Because, you know what? There's a lot of filthy Power Rangers stuff out there that's for the kids. Because, do you remember the uh, mashup that I mentioned the other day? Shh. Don't tell Saban, but it's still on YouTube. And it's still on my hard drive. And, it, it, and I'm pretty sure if I were to go to Tumblr, I would find some really disturbing Power Rangers pictures. 
But, you know, I don't really care to. I try to stay on the other side of Tumblr. Though every now and then you fall in and you just scream as your face melts off because you didn't want to know that that kind of thing was out there. But, okay, this was doing no harm to anyone. If anything, it was expanding your audience so that you would be able to get more of us to come see your Power Rangers reboot movie when it came out. Because you know what? I am not going to watch Dino Charge. I'm not. Thought about it. No. I watched two episodes of Super Mega Force just because I heard rumors that it included things like bad, I'm sorry, good acting and a character arc and couldn't wrap my head around the idea of a Power Rangers episode with good acting and a character arc. And so I watched it and it was the reveal of the uh, white, I think it was, was the white ranger? Is it white or gold? Maybe both. <laughs> and... Yeah, I watched it. It was interesting. It made me laugh. And that was it. I have no interest in watching anymore. But you made money off of me. Because I watched it on Hulu and you had ads. So you made money off of me. Isn't that what you want? You know, and that was just because Andre talked about it on his channel. And I got curious. And so I watched two episodes of your stupid show. And I watched this fan film and went, huh, maybe, you know, I know they're not going to go this dark, and we talked about that on the show, they're not going to go this dark with it, but if they went a little bit more realistic, a little bit more gritty, not as stupid as the uh, Transformers movies obviously got, but let's face it, we secretly love them or we'd love to hate them. There is no true, pure hatred of those movies out there. I've talked to enough people that there is love of some sort. It's either love of or love to hate, but there, there there's... I have not, so far not met anybody who has a true hatred of those films. Because they're stupid, and they're exactly what you went to the theater to see, at least if you're me. I wanted to see giant killer robots blowing up stuff, and I went to the theater, I saw giant killer robots blowing up stuff. I'm not asking for Macbeth, I'm asking for you to give me what I want. You're basically making a supergroup kaiju film. That's what... The Power Rangers are. I love me a kaiju film. I love me a supergroup. Okay. I'm a huge Voltron fan. You're kind of in my bailiwick. I should like you. Or at least be interested in you. But you've never done anything to make me interested in you. And then this guy did. These guys over here on the YouTubes and the Vimeos. They made me interested in your product. But you just couldn't have that because it was outside of your control. You're ridiculous, Saban. You're ridiculous. And I know I'm getting really worked up about this, and it's just a fan film, but seriously, people. Seriously. I mean, if you're trying to make money, you don't do things like this. Because, one, nobody is going to get confused that this thing was official. Nobody. It's not going to happen. Though I would actually like the cast to be brought over because at least, you know, Starbuck and the Beak, because they were oddly compelling and had an interesting on-screen chemistry with each other, and I think they would be interesting in your movie. But you're probably going to go with teenagers because, you know, teenagers need to be given weapons of war and taught to kill and... All that stuff that makes your series a little hard to watch 
in some ways. You know? But, seriously, people. Seriously. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm just out of words. It's stupid. I wish you weren't being so stupid. Also over from Slash Film, we have news that Dean Kane and Helen Slater are joining the CBS series Supergirl. Now, I kind of mentioned this the other day because I'm a little bit excited about this because Greg Berlanti is amazing and he's been doing some amazing stuff with Arrow and Flash and the fact that we're growing the Arrowverse out so that we're going to be getting an Adam spinoff series, which we'll talk about in a minute, and the this Supergirl show and they're doing the Vixen animated thing that will if it goes over well, translate into a Vixen live-action character that will be um, showing up on Flash and Arrow and possibly Supergirl and possibly being spun off to her own show. I'm really excited about this because I'm a huge DC Comics fan and DC has not handled themselves well for a very long time, unlike Marvel. Marvel's been making great movies. I'm trying to get into the comics. I'm doing the whole... Marvel Unlimited thing, and I'm getting back into the comics and really enjoying the stuff that I'm reading. And, you know, DC needs a break, and Arrow and Flash have been amazing. They've been really, really good. And, you know, on that note, I made a whole big thing about them doing an Earth 2 kind of thing without Superman and Flash on the last episode when I talked about this, and apparently Earth 2 is about to come to an end, so... <laughs> well, you know, I, I, it couldn't go on forever. They're going to reboot it and something else is going to happen. But I was really enjoying that run. But anyway, we we now have some more news about these actors and who's being brought over to work on Supergirl. And I couldn't be more excited. Dean Kane is being brought in. If you don't remember him, he was uh, Superman in Lois and Clark. Helen and Slater is what Helen Slater was the original Supergirl. Like, if you saw the Supergirl movie that came out when um, the Christopher Reeves Superman movie was big, she's the woman who played Supergirl in that movie, which is awesome. And hits me in that sweet nostalgia spot that they are so good at hitting. It's like having the Flash from the original Flash TV show play the father of Barry Allen on the current Flash show. It's just like, yeah! It hits you in just that right fandom place. I'm excited about this. Um... So, let's go over some of the things that we know. Melissa Benoist, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Melissa, is starring as Kara Danvers, and she's going to be the titular character. Um, I don't want to go too into her backstory and origin story yet, just because I don't know what they're going to be doing with Supergirl in the show. Like I said, I was kind of hoping that they would ignore the whole, you know, Superman thing and just have Supergirl be a thing. Um, and apparently they're not doing that, so we'll have to, you know, see where they go. Um, if you're curious about her, apparently she was in a couple episodes of Glee. She played a character named Marley Rose on Glee, which, uh, yeah, 2014 and 2015, those were the seasons I didn't see, because that was after I kind of lost my interest in the show. She was also on Homeland for a couple episodes, one episode of The Good Wife. Um, yeah, don't recognize any of the stuff on her resume, sorry. 
but doesn't take away from my interest and excitement. Um, because you know, looking at her, um, she actually looks really familiar. But looking at her, I can kind I can see her as Supergirl. Um, I am curious what they're going to do with her. Most of the IMDb pictures of her, she has brown hair. And I'm wondering if they're going to blonde her up for the part. They probably are. But I actually think it would be kind of refreshing if they didn't blonde her up. But we'll have to wait and see exactly what they're going to do about that. But, you know, she's... I, I'm expecting the first season to be an origin story about her. And if they, you know, I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but if they follow the original origin story, basically, she's kind of rejected her superpowers and then eventually is just like, ah, I'll do it, and goes out to save the world. I'm not sure exactly if that's what they're going to be doing in this series or not, but hopefully, you know, I, I have faith that they will do something interesting just because they have been doing interesting things. So, anyway... Dean Cain, as we've already talked about, um, he was Superman in the Lois and Clark TV show, which, let's, unless you're one of those people that lies to yourself and says you didn't like it, it was a very popular show, and I know a lot of people that hated it today, that loved it when it was on the air, and for sake of coolness are now saying that they didn't like it, and I'm not gonna lie, I liked it when it was on the show, on the air, and I watched it, and I enjoyed it, and... To everybody who has decided to change their story, for coolness sake, yeah, you like Dean Cain. Um, what's interesting is, according to um, these rumors, um, Dean Cain is going to be playing um, a character named Dr. Knox, who is an immortal Um Sorry about that, I got distracted by the dog, something was going on outside the window. I thought about cutting it out, but, you know, a brief moment of meditative silence never hurt anybody. Anyway, his character is also known as Vandal Savage. Um, so, yeah, he's probably going to be one of the villains in the show, and I think that's very interesting bringing in the last, you know, one of the last TV Supermans to be the, a villain in this Superman. That's interesting um we'll have to see how that works out i'm kind of excited about that um helen slater um will be coming on the show uh as let me see i've got to find this real quick actually i apologize um apparently i was wrong he played dr knox on smallville and i i'm not sure exactly who they're going to be playing. I'm looking through the article and not finding a lot about that. Some of the other things that are going to be exciting about this. Um, Makad Brooks is going to be playing Jimmy Olsen on this show. I'm interested in that mainly because, first of all, they're very specific that he's going to be James Olsen. Which maybe means they're going to take the character a little bit more seriously than he's usually taken. Because, you know, he's Jimmy Olsen. He's the little kid that kind of works at the Daily Planet. And he's just the kid. And, you know what I'm saying? He's not really taken all that seriously in most things. Um, so hopefully that's gonna, going to be a good thing. Um, 
I think it's going to... I'm, I'm waiting for the internet to explode, and I haven't seen it yet, about the fact that Jimmy Olsen is going to be African-American in the upcoming show. But maybe we're finally beyond that. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I remember what happened with the uh, Fantastic Four trailer that came out, so apparently we're not. But at least maybe over this, I'm looking at... A lot the things that he's been in over at IMDb. Oh, he was in True Blood. He was Eggs on True Blood. Okay, love him. Love him. That was a great character on the show. Alright, totally behind him. I think that he's going to be a very interesting choice. Yeah, he's going to be Jimmy... I'm sorry, James Olsen. I, I do have to find one thing that's listed on here. Apparently he was in a short called Magic the Gathering the Musical. And I missed that. I'm going to have to hunt that down and check that out. That sounds interesting. Callista Flockhart, who, honestly, I haven't seen in anything for a really long time. And I used to really like her as an actress. And then the whole Harrison Ford thing happened. Um, so I'm interested to see her kind of coming back in this. She's going to be playing um, Kara's boss, Cat Grant. And Laura um, Benanti will be playing Kara's birth mother, Aluria Zorel. So... That'll be interesting also to see how they work that in. Hopefully they'll find something better than having her be a jerk like, you know, Jor-El was in Man of Steel. I need to learn to let that go. Really, really need to learn how to let that go. In more exciting news about the show, if you haven't been keeping up with it, Greg Berlanti and Addie Adler are going to be executive producing the show. Greg Berlanti, as I've been going on and on and on about... He is currently doing Arrow and The Flash, and he's kind of the uber mind that's going to be rising above these shows, which are going to be existing in the same universe and able to do crossovers with each other, and that's really exciting, especially because they're on different networks, some of them, you know, with this being on CBS and everything else being on CW so far. So that's exciting. Um, Ali Adler, I'm excited about that because they did um, No Ordinary Family, which I loved that show and was kind of sad to see it go off the air. That was a show about a family who ended up accidentally getting superpowers and were trying to come to terms with it. And unfortunately, the show didn't come to a good conclusion So, because it was canceled long before its time. But it was a really, really good show. It started the commission. So check that out if you haven't seen it. It was a good show. And it should have gotten a lot more... Um, a lot more episodes than it did. Um, Saris um, she um, Schechter will be coming over from The Flash. That's really exciting. And Andrew Kreisberg, who also worked on Arrow and then on Flash, has signed on to be a writer and executive producer as well. So we have a lot of the DNA from the Arrowverse being brought over to this show, which is very exciting for someone like me who... I mean, Arrow and Flash are just... They are my lady jam. I don't know how else to say it. They're my lady jam. So, really excited about this. Some good news. I can't wait to see what they do with Dean Kane and Helen Slater. I, I, I really can't wait to see what they do with them. I hope that they put them in. You know, what I would love to see, and it's just because of the whole way it affected me with, with the whole Barry Allen and his father thing, if she plays, if Helen Slater ends up playing um, Kara's Earth Mother. I think that would be, I don't know. I know it's kind of copying what they did on The Flash, but it was so wonderfully nostalgic for me every time I see Barry and his father together on the show that 
I think something like that would be really, really cool. So, we'll see. It doesn't look like they're they're necessarily going to be re um, regulars on the show as far as permanent cast members or anything like that, but hopefully we'll get to see them. I can't wait for that show, and I'll be talking about it a lot more. The CW has also announced that it's going to do a spinoff for The Atom. And I think this is exciting that they're announcing it this early because we only got to see the Atom in his suit taking off at the end of Nanda Parbat, which we haven't talked about. And I guess I'm going to push that conversation off till Monday because this episode's running a little long because we're trying to stay in that 30 to 45 minute window. And I'm almost up on 30, so we'll probably talk about that on Monday's show. But first of all, I love Brandon Roth. I love Brandon Routh. I love Brandon Routh. I don't understand why his Superman Returns is not a much more beloved movie. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great film. Um, I guess it wasn't as different enough for a lot of people. I actually liked that they found a way to reboot the franchise while at the same time staying true to the movies that came before it. I thought that was a beautiful way to honor it. I thought... I, I've liked him in a lot of things. I loved him in Chuck. I thought he was a great, great actor in Chuck. And I, I can't wait to see what they do with this. I think Ray Palmer has been a very interesting character on the Arrow. Though they haven't really told us a lot about him. Though I do know that we are going to get an episode coming up in the not-too-distant future called... Um, I can't remember if it's the Atom versus the Arrow or Arrow versus the Atom. Um, some permutation of that phrase where they're actually going to go up against each other because apparently Oliver is not going to be happy with the way that um, Ray Palmer decides to deal with crime. So I'm really curious what that means. Because we haven't really seen what he is going to be up to. We know that he's really committed to the cause. We know that he really, really has a vision for what he wants to do, but he hasn't explained it. So, for all we know, he's just going to be running around killing the criminals like, you know, Oliver did in Season 1. And that's going to be the cause of the grief between them. We don't know. And I'm really curious to find out. I would like to take a moment before I continue talking about this to say something about the Adam suit. Because I've seen a lot of people freaking out that it looks too much like the Iron Man suit. And I just have to say, you're idiots, shut up. <laughs> I don't like saying that, but... Consider this your internet intervention. It's a power suit. Power suits will have a certain amount of simul similarity between them. In fact, if you actually look at it, it doesn't really look that much like it except for its armor. And if we're going to say that, then Game of Thrones has problems too because, while well, they have people in suits of armor. Granted, they're not powered armor, but, you know, they have breastplates and shin guards and helmets. Yeah. Can can we just let that go as an internet? Can we just please, please, please let that go? Anyway, so what are they going to be doing this with this show? I don't know, and I really want to. They announced with this that not only is Ray Palmer's character, The Atom, being spun off to make this show, that but he's actually going to take several other characters with him. Victor Garber's Dr. Martin Stein is going to be going off on this show. Now, what's interesting about that is they said Victor Garber. They didn't say Robbie Amell. It takes the two to tango, and it takes the two to make Firestorm. 
unless they're going to split Firestorm up, which has happened in the past. There are ways that Firestorm can become Firestorm with other people, um, and they may find a way to have um, Victor Garber's Martin Stein be able to be freed from the Firestorm Matrix, which he has been in, in the comics before, and Robbie Amell being able to subsume anyone into the Firestorm Matrix and be able to use it. Um, I had a feeling they may be going this way because they made him really, really smart. And in the comics, he was a football player and not exactly the brightest, you know, person. He wasn't a science geek like he is on the show. So I, I'm wondering if Robbie ML is going to start being more the mind inside the body. And we're going to see maybe him and Flash merge to make Firestorm a couple times, which, by the way, is possible. Other superheroes have been merged into the Firestorm Matrix. It just takes two people to control the Matrix. And as long as Firestorm can merge with another person, then Firestorm can happen. Now, the fun thing about that is the person he merges with, at least in the comics, never remembered what happened to them when they were Firestorm, um, which they have changed at least somewhat with the TV series because Martin Stein... Well, they actually reversed it in the TV series because Martin Stein is the active mind controlling the body where traditionally Martin Stein was just a kind of a voice in the back of his head. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're doing, but I find it fascinating that they mentioned Victor Garber but not Robbie Amell. I am wondering if that's because maybe Amell hasn't signed his contract yet to go off on this other show, or maybe this is how they're going to reign. Here's my biggest theory on this. This is how they're going to rein in the power of Firestorm, because Firestorm is immensely powerful. He can, at the wave of his hand, reconstruct matter. They haven't really gotten into that on the show, but in the comics, that's his power. He can control the atomic arrangement of things. He's really powerful. He is the deus ex machina you can bring in on any problem. Now, if you keep Robbie Amell over on Flash, doing his thing, and... Victor Garber's Martin Stein over on the Atom doing his thing, then it would require a special case to bring them back together to make Firestorm. And then Firestorm becomes a special event that they can bring in, and not something like, well, you're having a problem, why don't you just bring Firestorm in? That's my theory. That's why we don't see Robbie Mel's name on this, that because of his relationship with characters on The Flash Show, he would stay there in Central City. And wherever this show's going to happen, they're going to run off and Martin Stein's going to go with him. That, that's my theory right now, but I have absolutely nothing to base that on other than that's a good way to control the relative power of superheroes on the TV show. Just a theory. Because again, if you put... All of Firestorm over on the Firestorm over on the Atom, it's really the Firestorm show with the Atom on it because Firestorm is much more powerful. Okay, so that's interesting. Wentworth Miller's um, Leonard Snart, Captain Cold, is going to be going over to this new show, and I find that interesting. Um, maybe it's going to be some kind of a rogues thing that they're going to do with him. I'm not sure. I. I of all the people that have been named for going over to the new show, I think that's the most interesting one. Um, but I'm not, 
I really don't understand what they're doing with that. And then they made the collective heads of everyone who is a fan of the series explode. And I saved this one for last on purpose because then they said Katie Lotz is going to be on the show reprising her role as Black Canary. And we all went, but she's dead. And she was buried. And and Laurel and her father have been dealing with the grief of her death. And, oh, Lord, the Lazarus Pit has been used to revive people who have been dead for up to a year. And they've shown us the Lazarus Pit on two occasions on Arrow. And what if... This is what is going to end up happening because Talia just got freed from the cage to go kill, uh, yeah, to get her revenge. But what if she's like, oh, look, you were used and this is wrong and I just want her back and where is she? And they go and they dig up the body and Ta, and I'm sorry, Nissa takes the body and goes back to Neta Parbat and throws her into the Lazarus pit and she gets reborn and she comes back to life and she's alive again. And yeah. Okay, I'm down with that. And then we have two black canaries running around, because we'd have a black canary on Arrow, and we'd have... I don't know what they're going to do with her over here. She could become a very interesting... I don't know. What? what? I love Katie Sackhoff. I'm listening to Katie Sackhoff. Wrong actress. I love Katie Lotz. I, I think... I, I was really upset when she died... And I love the idea of them bringing her back somehow. But I don't... I... I, I yeah, words. <laughs> I don't know what to do about this. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I, do it. Find a way. I would love to see her back in the Arrowverse. I would love to see her brought back. I would love to see the craziness of her reaction when she finds out that her sister has decided to start putting on the Black Canary garb and fighting crime at night because she's going to be like, Laurel, what are you doing? This isn't the life for you. Ah! And Laurel will be able to be like, well, I was doing this because you were gone and I was trying to take your place because she's gotten over that. And there's so much that they could do with this and I'm just really excited and I can't wait to see it. It's a great day to be a comic book fan, isn't it? Especially with the stuff that's going on in the TV shows and the movies because... It's just amazing. And then, of course, there's the rumor about John Diggle getting a power ring. Maybe that they're trying to make that happen. And that would be the greatest thing ever. And then maybe they would do the smart thing and actually send him out into space. And then we would have space opera back on TV. Because that would be something that they're not doing with the other TV shows. And you'd have John Diggle in space fighting crime as a Green Lantern. And that would be awesome. And yeah. <laughs> I can dream. Don't take my dreams away. It makes me very, very happy. So, yeah. Started on a bummer, but I think we ended up in a happy place. At least I hope you agree with me that we ended up in a happy place. Yeah, I just... I, I am so excited for all of the f new stuff coming to the Arrowverse. And I, I just... I, I don't know exactly how they're going to be doing all this and I want to see it and I want it to work and I don't know I'm just really excited just a reminder to everybody who's listening today is day I'm um, sorry gonna, I gotta get better at introducing this segment today 
Book Watch, Day 241. No, the book isn't done yet. In fact, haven't, still haven't written all that much on it. Still working on other things, trying to get things figured out. But I do have a plan moving forward, and I am going to start posting some stories over on the Medium. I have decided to do that. It's going to be a lot of prose poetry, because I really like that. A couple short stories are going to be coming your way as well, as I'm kind of working out some of the backstory stuff through short stories. You're going to be getting short stories and everything like that from me, and I'm going to be doing more blog posts over at arcelomauer.com, kind of... As I'm working through things in my mind, I'm going to just try to write it out and put things over there to talk about it and get it up to you guys so that you have that. Yeah. I'm excited. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff. So, I guess that's it for today. I hope, even after starting with such sad news, I've been able to brighten your day at least a little bit with some of my excitement about things to come. Because that's what we have to remember. Life goes on. We have to keep pushing forward. Striving every day for infinite diversity in infinite combination. As I, I think the best way for me to sign off today is just with a simple quote from a character you might know. You always have been and you always will be my friend. Until next time, bye.